love and grace and warm that you have given me in the position you put me into. And I ask for your favor, not because of any good thing that I have done, I don't deserve it, but completely because of your kindness. And I ask for that grace and blessing on that face. Lord, there are people here that need you in deeper ways, need healing, need, need a sense of hope. Would you bless them? In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, Dan and Lacey are here, and they have got the most precious little baby with them. Lacey, do you mind showing off just for a second? It's a little show off here. Take this little girl. Is she not precious? Is that not a baby? Oh, my goodness. So here's what you need to know. Dan and Lacey, and I'm, I'm just about to ball. Um, They're living out hope. That's not their baby. That's not their baby. <clears throat> they are the hands and feet of Jesus. You know that video we just talked, I just watched about people walking through the waiting and calling them earth, zero arcs, all that stuff. That's what they're about. They are not a part of the problem. They're not armchair critics. They're not on Facebook bad mouthing the system. They are part of the answer. They're not professionals at, at defining the problem. That's easy. Anybody do that. By the way, lost people can critique the church about as accurately as the church can. They are part of the answer. It's called being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Thank you for having the heart of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So speaking of the heart of Jesus, we're ready to dig in. You've been given a handout. If you don't have it, that's okay. We've got some. Uh, Tommy might get you some. It's just real simple. It's real, real simple today. Okay, it's going to be super practical. Now, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of feedback today. Okay, because we're not going to do a sermon thing. I want to hear from you. Like, come on, let's get the brains in gear. Let's get the hearts cleansed. Let's get off the mental Facebook and get right here, right now. Be in the moment, right now. What did real discipleship look like in 2019? How would you describe it? What look like? Real Taking time. Okay. Taking time. Be a little more specific. Standing strong. What's that, Jane? Standing strong for what you believe in. <clears throat> Stand what you believe in. Law social pressure. Absolutely. What else? What's that? So, yeah, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you need to get involved. It's going to cost you time. You're going to have to have some courage to stand and stand up for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? What does this say? What's it look like? Whoa. So a, a prophet is just spoke. <laughs> Did you hear what you said? Got to make time, but you got to examine where your priorities are. Did you know 
And this is hard to do, but if you do it a time, a log of your day, where, where you spend your time, do you know what it reveals about your values? Wow. Wow. Where you throw your time and where you throw your money really reveals a lot about your values. Does that make sense? Uh, isn't it cool that screen uh, you get screen time setting on your phone now? Have you ever used it? Has it scared you? When you see how much, you, how much time you can burn on your phone, it's amazing. And then we say, well, I don't have time to read God's word. But I've just logged in 15 hours on Facebook during screen time this week. And I have time to clock out. So what else does it mean to, to, to really walk with Jesus? It means each other. we got to do it together. What else? What does it mean? Discipleship. Discipleship where the people that get together every Monday night and hold one another accountable in the classes that I do, class that Tammy does on Regen on Thursday nights. Yes, yes. When, when believers gather and believers hold each other accountable, and their values are the same, and they're moving toward the right, the same thing at the same time, and there's accountability, that's discipleship. That's really good. Um, I, want to, I want to show you some pictures of some people that have had a, a huge impact on my life. This is based on the next section of scripture that we're working through in Hebrews. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, consider the result of their conduct and imitate their faith. Now, by the way, there's three verbs in that verse. Remember, considering, and imitate. They're all imperative, okay? The cool thing is that considering and imitate, considering is a participle, but like we're always supposed to be considering. Man, it's a brain word. It means give some thought to this thing. Fire up the cortex. Think about this stuff. And the imitate command, it is, uh, it's a middle voice, which means for your own sake, <laughs> for your own mental health, for your own spiritual health, for your own physical health, imitate the right people. Who are you copying? Have you ever, have you ever uh, uh, noticed like when Star Wars, the big blockbuster that's coming out in December, they're already gonna start releasing toys in advance, get them, get them made and get them shipped out across because everybody knows that for Christmas, Mom and dad are gonna to scramble to get that little that little toy that's gonna sync up with the latest movie. It's called marketing, right? And, and planning, supply and demand. And, and the, the, right now, the hot movie in America is Endgame. If you've seen it, do not give anything away to that film. It is, it is going to rake in, I think, the greatest uh, gross opening uh, weekend and gross income in, in all time. So, Evidently, it's an epic movie. I've not seen it, okay? It's uh, Avengers Endgame. But there's going to be stuff you buy to support that. But why am I saying this? I'm saying it because isn't it funny that when something inspires us, we kind of want to imitate it. So they buy the T-shirt or buy the coffee mug or buy the, we buy the toy. We buy something to capture the emotion and the spirit around Infinity War, Endgame, or the new Star Wars thing, Batman, whatever you're going to do. So... Let me tell you about some people that had an enormous impact on my life and, and the, the spiritual impact that they've had on me. This is Jim and Sue Knight. I recently saw them just a couple weeks ago, Lisa, we were there, and, and I'm telling you, they're old. <laughs> and when I was in the youth group at Calvary Baptist Church in Basin, Arkansas, in, in Comfortville, when I was there, 
Jim and Sue are probably in their 40s. I guess, kids are drinking, something like that. They seemed old then, and <laughs> now they're like getting close to 90, you know. Jim, I, my first Bible was given to me by Jim Knight, and he wrote some things into me, or into my heart uh, on those pages, and he wrote something in my Bible, okay? Had a huge impact on me. He modeled uh, uh, what, it meant, what it meant to be a good father, but a Christian father. A good dad with two boys, Nathan and Rex, and their whole thing. It was like they are the got it together family. I was able to watch what a Christian family looked like. Jim and Sue had a huge impact. Now, I'm coming down from Massachusetts. I've got a horrific accent. I got raisins up my nose. I have got a chip on my shoulder the size of a cinder block. I played ice hockey. I had a in my little brain, I had it made. I was doing a three-hour show with another guy named Billy Moore. His dad coached for the Green Bay Packers, uh, one of the special teams coaches. I was doing a three-hour show at a restaurant. We were doing music, eating lobster, and getting paid money, and it was a big deal when I was in Massachusetts. We went bankrupt. We lost everything that we owned, and I was mad. I was really mad. And I called out to God, and I got nothing. I was mad. I was mad at my parents. I was mad at the banker that, that, that started the foreclosure on our ranch. The small ranch sounds big. We had horses and, and hard work and manure and all that stuff. And, and we lost it all. And then we end up like gypsies migrating down the grapes of wrath from Massachusetts to Houston, Texas, uh, to get in the oil boom and, and, and maybe get back, start again. You know, we meet this guy. From Batesville, Batesville, Arkansas, in Tennessee, Batesville, one syllable, and I'm standing in front of you today because of that conversation with Tucker on I-40 over a CB radio. Uh, CB radio is something we had prior to something. <laughs> <laughs> CB means Citizens Band. I know it's really sketchy. Citizens Band. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Man, I'm upset. There's a hole in my heart like you can't imagine. And I meet Jim and Sue. Wow. Didn't criticize me, didn't judge me. Really didn't say much about the chip on my shoulder, my anger issue. Just loved me. And just showed me Jesus. And had an enormous impact. This is Joe Stroud. Uh, that's your grandson, one of your grandkids. Joe uh, worked for uh, a factory called White Rogers. Uh, they were a division of Emerson Electric, and they made coils and, and valve systems for gas heaters and all this stuff. And uh, Joe knew that we were in financial trouble. I quit high school because my dad is dying of cancer. And I needed a job that would generate more money I'd already worked when I came down from Massachusetts. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Deliverance? Okay. I was in that, only it was called Arkansas White River Poultry, and I was working with those kind of guys in Deliverance, and you know the name, you know what I'm talking about. Go to a chicken house with 7,000 birds, and I would have, I was the catcher, and I'd catch four chickens, two in each hand, and we'd, I'd drop them, we'd pox them, we'd de-beak them, and you'd bend down and you'd grab four more chickens. I mean, busting my rear end, uh, underage, by the way. 
I would not allow you to be hired by the laws of the state of Arkansas, but they do this, this little Yankee kid with the public service. I got a job here. After that, Joe, who was in HR at White Rogers, knew my situation. She'd seen me at Calvary Baptist Church. She knew I quit high school. She knew my dad was dying, and she hired me. And I learned how to drive a fork truck. And in, 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 a, in a difficult situation, I would give my mother my entire paycheck and keep about $20 just so I could have gas money because my parents could not afford food. Okay. And they helped pay the bills. By the way, I was taking phone calls from creditors who would yell at me and yell at us because we couldn't pay our bills. That was me. Joe Stroud was used by God to give me some hope. Make sense? Billy Davis. He's my youth pastor. The first, the first pastor I've ever had loved me, uh, let me borrow a Gibson guitar, Stephen, a really nice Gibson. And I, I kind of helped me really develop on the guitar. You know? and, I, and it was like a really nice, the kind of guitar you don't loan out guitar. Like Stephen's Laravee and that really, really nice Taylor. <coughs> that Taylor right there. You don't loan those things out. That's a lot of money. You don't loan those out. This, this was this nice Gibson. And he loaned it out to me. I said, Billy, why are you doing that? And he said, I have learned. You ready? I have learned to keep God's way in circulation. God's wealth in circulation. This man showed me Jesus. Okay. By the way, you know, you know what else this man showed me? By the way, I was not called into the ministry at this time. He showed me how ugly and nasty a couple of church members can be. Ooh, Frank. Ooh. About two, three parents who hated black people. Can you believe that? Racism in a Baptist church. <laughs> Got a chip on their shoulder because Billy was loving and accepting all people. And he, about three families decided they didn't like him. And so they started looking for a list of wrong sufferers. And they made notes. And they said, here, here were some of the sins that Billy Davis committed. He was a leader of choir practice, Matt. He came to choir practice late sometimes. Get it? But the real problem was that during a Bible study, he taught that it didn't matter what your skin color was. But one of the mothers were teaching their children, Walter, that black people were a sign of God's curse. <laughs> black, black skin is a sign of God's curse. Can you believe it? And they tried to use Genesis. Yeah, yeah, Wally, can you believe it? <laughs> stupidity in a Baptist church. By the way, it doesn't matter what denomination you are, there's always some theological stupidity going on, it seems like, because some people are self-proclaimed prophets and self-proclaimed Bible teachers. We'll get to that someday. And this guy stood against the truth, Jan, stood up for the truth, and they made him miserable. And you know what this man showed me? not to give. Now here's what this guy didn't know. I was going into the ministry and those very things were going to start happening to me. So I watched how a man handled combat prior to him going to war. And I've got a story about me and Lisa 
that is crushing. And it'll be coming up in a few weeks from, from the time this live. We're going to do a special for you to let you know a little bit about what's going on in our life. Three days. Now, this is a guy named Paul Bass, and Paul Bass is Lisa's new pastor. Okay? And this guy had an enormous impact on her and taught her scripture and, and vision for missions and things. Okay, So, you ready? Come on, Christ Church, kick it in gear. Who has spiritually impacted your life? Start with a name. A name. My sister. Shannon. Your sister, Rhonda? Okay. Yep, yep, Shannon. Beautiful. Somebody else? My youth pastor, Pat Sweeney. Beautiful youth pastor. Your aunt, okay, good, good. Somebody else? Yes, sir. My in-laws. In-laws, gotcha. Wow, that's cool. They're not outlaws. <laughs> what else? Who else? Chris Perry. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'll pay you later. That's, that's called seed money. That's what that's called. You gotta understand what that's called. So somebody else. Big, big spiritual impact on your life. Yes, Carl. Wow, that would be huge for you, Carla, wouldn't it? Come out of Catholic Church, like I did. Yep, that'd be huge, absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Wally, God bless you. My father. Your father, yeah, 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 yeah. Someone else? Lori Dawson, Wendy McLean. Really? Can you remember the name? Wow. Somebody else? <laughs> We're going to go with the positive this morning. <laughs> yeah, you a positive spiritual impact. What's that? Charles Wood. Charles Wood, yes. Becca? Absolutely. She is, and by the way, you're one of the people that impacted my life, Rebecca. And that's regardless of you being my daughter. And don't tell the others you're my favorite. <laughs> okay. All right, let's kick it in here. What was the core message? What was it about their way of life that was so impactful? Come on, give it to me. What is it? Compassion. Compassion. Carla, what was it about your, your people? Living in scripture. Living in scripture. Okay, good, good. Living it out, walking it out, not just talking about it, but walking it out. Okay. The intercessor. The intercessor, teaching about prayer. Good. What else? Grace. What's that? Accepting. Okay. Speaking life. Speaking life. Gotcha. gotcha. Genuine. Genuine, being real, being honest. That's a big deal. Yes, Carla. Yeah, nothing like just getting into God's word. What else? What's the core message? What was it teaching you or impact? How did it impact you? Yes, please. Humility in all situations. Billy Davis taught me that too. Yes. Yes, unconditional love. Good stuff. Anybody else? What was the core message? What is it about the, what they taught or the way they lived their life that was so impactful? Just not living a mediocre kind of faith. That's so good. Someone else over here? How to walk with Jesus? Yeah, beautiful. Anybody else? Mercy, grace. Courage. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't have to be perfect, it's perseverance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, Rhonda, there's a, uh, the, the prophet said, Lord, what can I offer you to make my life acceptable? And he even said, shall I offer to you my firstborn? And, and the, the prophet answers, no, no. You can't offer your firstborn. God knew that he would do that first. 
Okay, what about this one? How are you imitating their faith? <clears throat> now we're getting down to the nuts and bolts here, you know. Uh, this is where the Holy Spirit's going to grab your heart. How are you living out your faith? Well, Yes, what did she say? Someone else, how, how, what's the evidence that you're walking this thing out of their influence? What is it? Um, God yep. being, um, took me into her life like a daughter, and I shared in her hard work, and I, she took care of her parents when they were sick, and I, I've done the same. I invite people into my life. Is there a, boy, how's that for psychology? It's called Holy Spirit. 
when you've got the original message, the truth that you were taught as a young girl, as a young boy, as a teenager, adult, and the things you struggle with now, do you think there's a relationship with those two things? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And guess what? A lot of people say they don't hear the voice of God. Isn't that interesting? A lot of people say they just don't hear God talking. Like God's not saying much, you know. Isn't that interesting? He brings people into our lives, godly men, godly women who speak the word to us. And God says, hey, I want you to think about what's going on here. Look at them. Watch. Look at the outcome of their lives. Imitate that. And then look at our present battles. Do you think there's a relationship? Do you think I needed to see from Billy Davis how to act when a church member doesn't stab you in the back, when a church member stabs you straight in the chest? Do you think I needed, I needed to learn that lesson? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Because God knew that Chris Perry, because of his childhood, has a tremendous capacity for bitterness. God saw that one coming. And he brought a prophet in my life to speak truth and grace into me named Billy Davis to get ready to handle the combat of called the ministry. Paul says, hey, I want you to be a good soldier. This combat. Not everybody's going to understand you. Okay. You're going to be misunderstood, whatever the case may be. Do you think he needed that I needed to do that? Oh, yeah. Do you think if I have a battle of bitterness now and don't, I'm sure I do. I think, hey, my name's Chris Perry. I'm recovering from bitterness. Taking some big hits in my life. I know those are wrong, so stuff that ain't right. Okay? I can be judgmental with the rest of them. <laughs> do you think God needed that? Sure, he did. And so he started discipling me before I had any idea what was going on, even before I was a believer. He started putting things in place to get me ready for the calling God in my life. Check this out. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Beautiful verse. Now, by the way, if you translate it actually the way the Greek reads, in other words, if you put on Greek ears, like you're going to hear it the way it's actually meant to be heard, it goes like this. Jesus Christ, yesterday and today, the same and forever. Beautiful. So here, here's my question for you. If you can find somebody better than Jesus Christ, follow him. Please do it. Come on. Who's holding you back? Really? Really? Who's holding you back? Who's anybody? But you know you can't. Now guess what? Guess what? Your leaders may fail you. Sometimes your leaders get really old. <coughs> Sometimes your leaders don't text you anymore. Sometimes your leaders don't call you anymore. Sometimes they don't ask you for coffee. Sometimes they just get old. Sometimes they have heart attacks and die. Sometimes they get cancer and die. Sometimes they struggle in their own faith. Leaders can fail you, may fail you, will fail you. But isn't it interesting that right on the heels of verse 7 comes verse 8? Jesus Christ, he's the same. Yesterday, today. In fact, he's going to be the same forever. So guess what? He's the one leader, Joshua. You can always count on him. So it's like it's like the Holy Spirit is saying, Listen, look, if it's not enough to consider Billy Davis, 
If it's not enough to consider Sue Knight or Jim Knight or Paul Bass or Joe Stroud or Larry Kathy Davis, and I could go on and on and on. If that's not enough, by the way, it's plain. Just start with Jesus. Come on. Look at him. He's the same yesterday, today, and centuries. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Does this make sense? Have you listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit this morning? Father, I want to walk through something with you. And this is so, so incredibly simple. I want you to get this. I want you to understand every single one of you. God loves you. You are created in the image of God. He loves you. You have worth because you're made in the image of God. The scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's the kind of life he wants us to have. But we do have a problem. <laughs> okay, we really do. And that problem is that we have some deep sin issues, okay? And unfortunately, it's a terrible thing, but sin separates. Sin separates. Sin does a lot of damage. Lots and lots of damage. In fact, the scripture says we have all sinned come short of the word of God. And the result of this sin is spiritual separation from God. It's death. The wages of sin is death. And that's the how many times do you have to be a liar, or how many times do you have to lie to be a liar, or steal you know, to be a thief? We've all lied, we've all stolen. In fact, if you, if you say you haven't stolen, you're a liar. You've all taken something. I'll tell you, whoever you've stolen time. All right? We're all thieves and liars, every one of us. Who we can. Taking things that don't belong to us, doing things that don't belong for us. We've all lied, we've all stolen. It's real. Now, that might sound cold and cruel and, and, and all that stuff, but guess what? As loving and amazing as God is in his love and his mercy, he's also holy. He's also holy and just. And he's got to do something with that. And so God in his genius, can we please make a, can we please listen? God in his genius sent the law. And he sent the law to say, look, you think you've got what it takes to be a rule keeper? Go for it. But when you try to do that, what does it only prove? <laughs> We're liars and thieves all over again. We can't do it. We can't keep our own vows. We're liars. We can't keep our own rules. And even the rules that you think you have a right to enforce on other people, you don't keep. <laughs> and doesn't the law doesn't work? So God's setting us up for the greatest miracle of all time sent his son to be the thing that takes away the stuff that separates. It's amazing. Look at this. God sent his son to die for our sins. Jesus died in our place so that we could have the relationship with God that we've always longed for, that is forever. God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Christ did die for our sins. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scripture. Jesus is the only way to God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, how do you get all those scriptures and put it into a prayer that makes sense? It's going to look something like this. It's going to be, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. You've got to own this stuff. Okay? Remember, we're sinners and we're liars and thieves. Yeah, you've got to own this stuff. 
and they've got to ask for forgiveness. It's, God is so loving, so gracious. You gotta, you gotta believe. You know, the, the Philippian jailer, when when it was time for him, based on principles of honor and shame, to kill himself because he wasn't guarding the prison like he's supposed to guard the prison. Paul said, "Don't kill yourself. Don't do it. Don't fall on your own sword as, as an act of honor." And then he cries out to him, "What am I going to do to be saved?" And Paul said, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you got to do. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you raised Him to life. And I want to trust you, God. I want to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Follow Him. Follow Jesus." From this day forward, God, will I help me to do your will. And I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. What I want you guys to ask yourself is this. Have you been born again? Is Jesus Christ living inside of you? I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm not asking if you're a church member. I'm not asking if you have a quiet time. I'm not asking if you think you're morally a good person. I'm asking if you've been born again. Do you know what it means to experience the mystery of the new birth? Jesus said, John 3, 3, unless you're born again, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. It's not going to happen. I want everybody to bow your head. Let's close our eyes. Let's, let's really get serious here with this stuff. If you have never opened up your heart and accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and you believe that he died on the cross for your sins, that he forgives you, he restores your relationship to God the Father and makes you brand new inside, then I want you to do that right now. And as the Holy Spirit leads you, I want you to do that. And you can put this prayer in your own words. Let's just get quiet for a minute, Steve. Don't change the slides. Just you and the Holy Spirit right now. just like a baby crying out to you. That the blood of your son Jesus Christ would cleanse them from all unrighteousness. And that the veil that separates us would be torn apart and we would be brought into amazing relationships. a prayer that you have made. The scriptures say you're born again. It's a mystery but it's real. It's real. And the scripture says that you need to get baptized. You know, when I married Lisa I didn't decide to put the ring on like six years later when I was getting ready for it. That would be a difficult marriage, do you think? Give me a shame of wearing the ring. 
In fact, I kind of put the ring on about the same time I made the vows, right? That's how it worked in the New Testament. And when you believed and you were baptized, you didn't wait for this thing out. That, that, the Catholic Church already grabbed that one, you know, with the whole catechism thing, but that was like a long time out. But it was pure and unfettered by religious ideas. You just, you just got baptized. It was one big deal. You just did it. If you've accepted Christ, you need to come talk to me about that. You need, you need to get baptized. You need to do that. Jesus said to do that. Okay. Now, I want to challenge you one more, and I realize I'm running over Stephen. Thank you for being kind. I want to challenge you guys to do one thing. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to go back and have a talk with someone that was a leader in your life. And just say thanks. Look them up on Facebook, or if you got their number, or figure it out if you can. And just say, hey, the difference you made in my life, thank you. I, you think that would encourage them? Yeah. Some of you need to go thank them, too, so I can tell you that right now. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the service, y'all need to make a beeline for the right people, okay? And, and pour out the spirit of grace that God has brought to you through these people, okay? Get your heart ready to worship Abba Father. Thank you. You're here so much. Oh, can't wait to sing your songs. But I love you. And thank you for the people you brought into my life that you knew I needed. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus.